Hi everybody, welcome back to the Little Green Pasture. Praise the Lord. It is good to praise the Lord. It is good to give thanks unto the Lord. For he is good and his mercy endureth forever. Amen. Well, before I get started, I'm going to pray and I don't want to waste a minute of time. Because I feel so alive in the Lord that I don't want to spend too much time. I just want to get right into it. Because I come with a message for you. Father in heaven, it is with great joy and heart's desire that I come to you humbly before you. Lord, I love you and I love to always do the things that you want me to do. And they that love your name, they're always wanting to do what you want them to do. Lord, in your words, you say, look unto me and be ye saved. O house of Israel. Lord Jesus, I ask you to be with me and to lead me in this message, Lord God, and to awaken the ears and awaken the hearts, Lord God, of the sleepy. And to bring encouragement and power and strength and wisdom and might. To all those, Lord God. That are finding a time of weariness. And struggle, Lord. In Jesus name. Amen. So. I got up really early this morning. I couldn't sleep all night. I think I basically pulled an all-nighter but it wasn't for nothing because I woke up at about 10 o'clock last night and I just couldn't sleep and I felt alive like in the Lord like instantly like I woke up but there was nothing but I just thought then right away I started to have all these thoughts like I was like all over the place with my thoughts I was like my mind was darting around all over the place I was like ah and I stopped and I said you know because I want to have control of my own soul you know we're supposed to and so I said, no, I put all of that out now. And I'm going to now lift up my eyes to the Lord within my spirit. I said, I'm going to think about the Lord. I'm going to think about Jesus Christ. And immediately, it's like something hooked in. Like, you know, when you gap a fish, it was like, pow, something hooked in. And I could say, and a door was opened unto me in heaven. Well, I couldn't sleep. And about a quarter to 12, I went out there and I went right into prayer. But it was the power of the Holy Spirit all along because it was right away that words were coming out and I was praying and and it was coming like an ebb and tide like the sea. And I was following him in prayer. That's something lately he's been doing quite a bit with me is following the Holy Spirit in prayer. And even at one point, he wanted me to be quiet, like he was just be quiet. And then it came again, and it, it was just so lively. And more than lively, it was holy. And it was very, I, there was a fear of the Lord in it. Well, after I got through with that, I read my Bible, and I went on. And and I said, and I because I didn't plan to be here today. But then again, I don't have plans. My plan is Christ. And he knows I'm always ready for him. I'm always a ready servant for Christ. Because I know it doesn't matter if I'm tired or if I don't have anything. Because I learned to lean in and tuck myself into Christ and lean completely in the Lord. Besides, after 45 years in the Lord, 
and being with him and living in Christ and falling and rising again and all those things, there's probably more in me than I'll ever use. But I don't lean on that. I lean on him and I wait for the wind of the spirit. That's what it says. Jesus says, they that are born of the spirit, they move with the wind in John 3, 8. It says the wind listeth where it will. You hear the sound thereof. But no man knows whether it comes from, neither whither it goes. So is everyone that's born of the Spirit. And I don't want to be bearing myself around because what can I do apart from Christ? I can do nothing. And same with you. So let me get back to what is moving in me. So like I said, I didn't have any plans yet. I was open. And so as I was reading my Bible, I always read it first just for me. So I could just spend time and let my spirit commune with the Spirit of the Lord. And but yet in my mind, I always say, but Lord, if there's something in there that you want me to share today or that you want to illumine, then Lord, show me. And there was nothing. The way was shut up before me, though I did enjoy his word. And then I started to feel something very intense. And I couldn't tell what it was. So I kept asking him, Lord, is there something you want me to say? There was silence. And I kept going on and on. It kept increasing. And I was like, Lord, is there something you want to say to me? And then I thought, Lord, have I done? And so as soon as I started to say, Lord, have I done something wrong? He shut that down. So there was clear clearness there. There was no cloud between Christ and I. And I said, Lord, you know, I'm ready to do whatever you want me to do. But I'm empty. I have nothing. And so I just went on. You know, I'm going to pause right there because now I'm going to share something. My husband goes to work every day. And for the last three years, he's been telling me about a man that he works with. He's in his 50s. His name is Robbie. And my husband is like, he doesn't preach but he'll talk to you and he was he would tell me through these last three years mostly the last half of this year how much and it's like a year and a half definitely that he's not he doesn't follow him around it's just like whenever there's a moment he'll say praise the lord robbie or robbie can i pray for you like a couple times and and the guy would always be like mocking and he was harsh and he would ridicule sometimes my husband would be very um uh discouraged but he would always stand upright again you know and he would pray for him all the all the time and so it seemed like robbie was never coming closer to the lord during that time that he was working where my husband works and john just kept going even being discouraged but he would tell him robbie he started doing this robbie i love you do you know that Jesus loves you? And he'd be like, ah, you know. And John never gave up. He just kept going. And last week, John told me, Robbie got fired. And I was like, and he, John felt so disappointed. I said, don't be disappointed, John. All your prayers and all the things you did were never in vain. And whatever you did in his life is in God's hands now. 
and you're part of a chain. You know what Jesus says in John chapter four, he said, uh, I forgot the exact verse, but he says, other men labored and you have entered into their labors. See, all of us are a golden link in the chain of God. And whatever somebody did before in another per, in that person's life, we're never going to know it because we don't know that person. We don't know who's even praying for them in private. And so we take it upon ourselves like John did, like, like disappointed. I could have done more. I could have said more. Um, but Jesus tells us, no, you're a, you're a link in a chain. You, you entered into other men's labors. And I told that to John. I said, just be, be, thank God, thank the Lord that you entered in to someone else's labors for Robbie. And he felt better. Well, this morning, my husband called me at about five o'clock on his way to work. And he said, I got a text from Robbie because he didn't know how to get a hold of him. There was no forward. He couldn't find him. He didn't have his, he didn't have any way to get a hold of him. He had his phone number, but he wasn't answering after he was fired. And so my husband gets his text and he said, Robbie tells my husband, I'm in the hospital. And that's all he said. So John texts back and says, what hospital are you in? And so he, my husband tells me this. I said, John, you get over there. You get over there. If he tells you what hospital he's in, get over there, drop everything and get over there. So he got a text and he knew what hospital he was. And I, so on the way there, my husband got over there and he called me from the parking lot. And he said, I'm about to go in. And I said, amen. He goes, be on speaker. Can I, can I get you on speaker? I thought he just wanted me to listen, which I wanted to hear whatever John was going to say, because he was going to fully lead him to Christ. Now the issue is Robbie is dying. Robbie is not going to be with us very long. He has only a little time left. He had a massive heart attack and only 10% of his heart is working. And he knows he's not going to be around very long and that man kicked and he screamed and he got mad at my husband he mocked him and he yelled at him a couple times maybe not harshly but you know he really said some things that were in a way kind of blasphemous but john just kept going he just kept praying for him and he just kept telling him that he loved him and that jesus loved him and he fought against everything and here is a dying man who does he text? He texts John. Now, John calls me an hour later. And he said, Joni, he said, and I could tell him on speaker, you know, will you pray? Will you pray for Robbie? I said, yes, I'll pray for Robbie. Well, I didn't know that John had just led him to the Lord. So I started to say a few words and Jonathan said, Joni, I just led Robbie to the Lord. And I said, oh, I, I was so happy. And so I, I said, Robbie, can I pray for you? And he said, yes. And he was so weak. And I prayed and I rejoiced in the Lord. And I talked about heaven. And I talked about the open door in heaven and how God has loved him from his mother's womb. And I went into that, you know, and then I just prayed over him. And, and I, as I prayed, I felt that last fight of Satan for him that I could feel something countermanding my prayer but I had to force my mouth through 
force every word through because every word that was coming out of my mouth, the enemy was countermanding and he was pressing against me. But I was like, I, no, no, nothing's going to control me. I am controlled. I am led by the Holy Spirit. And it is the Lord. It is the Lord. It just, that was just the enemy's last stand, I guessed. But he had nothing to say about it. So here's what I wanted to tell you. After he hung up, and I was started, I was tired before that. Then all of a sudden, I felt full of the Holy Spirit, full of the Holy Spirit. And let me tell you, I began to feel the Lord speaking to me and telling me, get up and go. The sower goeth forth to sow. And I want to talk, tell you this, and I believe this is from Jesus. Jesus says, there's somebody in your life. This is not like me giving a word like that. I'm just saying how I'm I'm saying it because I know Jesus was saying this to me that everybody, I should put it this way rather, there is somebody in your life that you're praying for. There's maybe several people you're praying for. And some, maybe you started praying and it's, it's you found it to be at first easy and now it became a hard thing. And maybe there's some of you that have been praying for 10, 15, 20 years. And it's like, they never seem to come any closer. But let me say this to you. The Lord doesn't want you to give up. He doesn't want you to give up. If you put in all of that time and all of those prayers, those prayers are holy. Mark God's own words, your prayers are holy and they are potent and they are powerful and Satan cannot fight against your prayers. Understand that. It doesn't matter who you are, where you live, what country you're from. Even if you can't even pray out loud, you go within the temple and you pray and know that your prayers are being received by God. He, uh, he wants your prayers. It says in the word, we know about the golden vials that the 24 elders are holding, which is full of the incense, which are the prayers of the saints. We read about that in Revelation 8. And something I want to say to you is that, see, we give up a little bit too easy or too, not easy, not easy. Let me re retract that. We stop right when we get to that edge. Right at that moment, we stop. We Maybe we just kind of get so disheartened by the whole thing because there are no changes in them. But let me tell you something. It doesn't matter what it looks like. You have to live in that, that constant mindset of victory in Jesus Christ, not in yourself, but in Christ. You, you must not be dominated by the seen and the felt. You have to become dead to everything but this fight. That's what Samuel, that's what Reese Howell said. And I learned that a long time ago. And I want to share something with you. And some of you know this and some of you don't. But a long time ago when I was a young person, I was always praying. I, people know this about me. I don't want to give my testimony. That's not why I'm here. But God put it into my heart. He created me to be, have that freedom of prayer, even as a little girl. And as I grew up, and then I was always talking to him and through my entire life, I was talking to him 
But there was a point of time that God really got a hold of me to pray. And I won't go into the detail of that, but he got a hold of me. I will tell you one part of that I've been praying all along. I would pray and pray and pray every morning, getting up at four o'clock in the morning, praying, redoing my devotions, getting my children off to school, all that, you know. And one day as I was praying that the Holy Spirit stopped the prayer right in my own mouth. And then I heard God speak to me within in my inner ear. He said, from now on, I want you to ask me to teach you how to pray. And there was six years, solid years, where the Holy Spirit took control of me. And I went into the school of the Holy Spirit. During that time, I was receiving dreams. And I mean, I was just in it so thickly. It changed my life forever. One day, somebody gave me a book to read. And it was called Reese Howell, The Intercessor. And I took that book from the hand of a missionary who had spent 15 years in Costa Rica. And he was truly a beautiful man. And I took that book home and I read it all the way through. And it got a hold of me that I read about how to pray. And I, I became such a student of the Holy Spirit because it wasn't anything that you would think. It was the Bible and me, and that was it. I might have read with Christ in the school of prayer. I did. But everything was his word and in prayer. I, everything got pushed out. It was just his word and his prayer. An occasional book here and there. But it, I would always sense, get back to this word. Get back to his word. And I had gotten... I learned so much from that book and it convicted me down to my deepest soul, my heart. And Jesus wanted me to read that. And one day out, I said, Lord, I was so sad when I finished reading that book, but I read parts of it over and over again. I kept that book next to my bed and I referred to it always. And there was a little address in the back and this book was written in 1952. And I felt that the Lord, I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, I want you to write to the college in Wales. And I started laughing and I was like, it probably doesn't even exist. I didn't even have a computer back then, but I kept hearing him increasingly write to the college. So I thought I, I would do it as an act of faith and I did it. I wrote to the college and I sat there with a pen and a paper. I said, I don't know what to say. He said, write it as if you're writing to me. And all of a sudden it just fl flowed for me. Well, three weeks later, I came home and I was walking up my driveway and I saw the mailbox open and there was a letter and it was from England. It was from Wales and it was from the Bible College. I couldn't believe it. And there was a letter from the son of Samuel Reese Howells, the son of Reese Howells named Samuel Reese Howells. And it was from his secretary, Mr. Eaton. And he said, 
Samuel Reese Howells received your letter and he was very moved by it. And he would like to invite you to come to the college. And it was invitation only. I didn't know any of these things. Well, uh, here I am with two little children. It wasn't God's will for me. But one thing, this is what I'm getting at. In that letter, which I still have on onion paper typed with an old typewriter, he said, Samuel wants you to know that he is the God of the impossible. And to believe for the impossible. And that kick-started my journey in the room of intercession and prayer and warfare. I'm, I'm, I'm really a fighter. That's really what's in me as a fighter. But you know what? I take no credit for that. But he made me like that. Just like he made you with your gifts. You know, when things are impossible, don't forget that you have a God who created this whole universe. He created everything in it. He says, even the day is his and the night is his. He made the north and the south. He created summer and winter. The other day, I was thinking about his Holy Spirit moving upon people and individuals that I pray for. And this verse came to my mind, Genesis 1-1. And I heard it just like this. And it just came in, though I have it right in front of me. But the part is, I'll read it. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and that one part, because he brought it to me, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and I was saying that scripture in my mind, and as I was saying that scripture in my mind, I heard his voice say to me, the spirit never stopped moving upon the face of the waters. He's still moving upon the face of the waters now. He's still moving upon the face of the earth. And I, I heard that voice and I was like, I just was in that presence. I can tell you this. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ, it changes everything because you're not looking at what the thing is, but you're looking through the eyes of the Holy Spirit as something completed. Jackie Pullinger, she was a missionary to China for 30 years, and she went there alone by the will of the Lord. And when she got there, she got a little job and she was doing odds and ends and stuff. And she was like, Lord, I want to work. Like, why am I really here? Nobody wants to hear the gospel. Nobody, nobody's interested. When I say your name, they laugh at me. Well, one day she met up with a woman and this woman, by a series of talking and whatever, the woman invited her to the walled city of China. And she went in there. It was horrific looking. It's no longer there. But she said something happened to her. She said there was filth everywhere, slime, rats, impoverished. You can Google it and you can look it up. 
it is horrific looking and it was filled with prostitutes and drug addicts and gangs and murderers and thieves and it was horrible like the most destitute impoverished people lived there the, so terrible he said but something happened when i walked into that building where everybody would have said you would have screamed and ran out she said i felt the presence of the lord i felt his power and as i was walking through the building and over the filth and the rats and over drug addicts that were passed out in the hallways she said i had a vision and i saw a beautiful park and i saw children playing in it and i saw trees and i saw grass and i saw it and i didn't know what it meant but i knew i was to live there and i knew i was home and her testimony is awesome and afterwards after 30 years of working with the people in the worst situations the power of the holy spirit was present see he when when god when when something is of the lord you know for instance it is great to be faced with the impossible that kind of a thing because that thing is impossible if you're meant to do it and god when you answer yes to him he'll give you wisdom and he'll give you strength with that wisdom to do the thing he's asking you to do he doesn't send you on fool's errands he doesn't put impossible hard-hearted people in your life so that you have that you're in failure over because anything you put into the hands of the lord becomes possible you know after 30 years many people got saved other people, the people that got saved, drug addicts were set free. Prostitutes were set free. They became filled with the Holy Spirit. They started Bible studies of their own. Even the gang member, the top gang member, he got saved. Well, she had left, she had left to go back to England for a while. And she came back some years later, but the walled city was taken down and in its place. She said were the most beautiful gardens and they're considered the most beautiful gardens in the world where that walled city was. And she said when she walked up to it and she saw it, she saw little children playing in it. And she said, and I saw the hardest, hardest man, that gang member, that man, he happened to be there when I was there and, and, and he doesn't want me to tell his name and I would never mention his name, she said but he was at peace with Christ. And he said, you know, I walk the walk here every day and it's a big park. It takes a while to walk around it because he was at peace with God because one woman obeyed the Lord and the hard places became the easy places for her. And she stayed faithful. Today, a man got saved because in that big building, my husband works out with hundreds of employees. My husband was faithful to pray for that one person nobody cared about. I know his background. His dad just died. His mother, she's in bad straits. He has no family. He has no children. He's never been married. He's been wounded his whole life. 
but this is a man ready for heaven now. I think of the words of Solomon where it says, there hath not failed one good word of all his promise. Solomon said that. The spirit of the Lord is hovering. He is hovering over the waters, which we see as being the people of the world. He's hovering over everything. And the Lord is the Redeemer. When you're praying for a long time, I don't want to make this a long video. But be open and keep yourself open to the moving of the Holy Spirit. Because he's going to take you on a journey for yourself. This is not just, I got to get him saved. I got to get him saved. You can't save anybody. I can't save anybody. It's Christ who saves. There's only one man, the man Christ Jesus, who bled and died for you. Bled and died for us. So that we can receive eternal life. And that we have hope that doesn't disappoint. He says he's ready to save. Don't look at the way things are. You know why? Because then you'll fall down. But you know what? Obey the Lord and look up. Like I prayed in that prayer. Look unto me and be saved. See, that was Robbie's big thing. I've been to church. I've seen the pastors. They're all rich. Everybody, it's like a big club. Nobody cares about anybody there. It's all a joke. It's all a farce. And you know what? I told Robbie today over the phone. I said, Robbie, do you believe? Jesus just wants you to believe that he is your Savior. And Lord, it's so easy. See? The Holy Spirit did that. And he will go, you know, it says, from the ends of the earth, I will cry unto thee. You know, God will God will move, and he's moving now over those people you're praying for. Don't give up. That's what the Lord wants me to say to you. Don't give up. And in closing, I'm going to recall the words by Derek Prince. And I love Derek Prince. I love him very much. He's home with the Lord. And he said this in his very old age, some short time before he went home to be with the Lord. He said, let me tell you something. He said, love is that power of God that you do everything in the power of his love. And he said, at one point in my life, after Ruth died, I was, I was, I was grieving. I was just felt so ruined. I just couldn't stop grieving. And one day a woman sent me a letter and I was reading that word in Psalm 86. I believe it's verse uh, three and four. It says, who passing through the valley of Baca maketh it a well, the rain filleth the pools. And she said, you're not meant to stay in that valley of weeping. And he said, right then the power of the Holy Spirit came upon him. He said, and a fountain was opened up within me, a fountain of his love. And I experienced this love that I've never experienced before. And I felt this potency, this power that I could go out now and I could love those that are lonely, those that are desperate, those that are miserable, those that are lost. 
those that are completely bound by Satan. Because you see, it's the power of love that you cannot generate on your own. It must come from God. I'm getting ready to do a video called The Second Time. That's going to be my next one. I'm going to talk about the second time. But what happened? So what he went further to say is Jesus went all the way in love. And they couldn't stop him from loving. They couldn't whip it out of him. They couldn't beat it out of him. They couldn't do anything to get it out of him. Because God is love. And, you know, Jesus says of Jesus that I believe it's Mark chapter 13, verse 1. I think so. But it says that he loved them unto the, unto the end. And do you know that Jesus loves us until our end? And the end of the righteous is blessed. Have faith in God. You know what I believe? They that trust in the Lord completely are the freest people in the world. Trust him. The savior of the world knows how to save. Go forward. Don't look at the thing. Believe upon the Lord. Because there's victory only in Jesus Christ. And he will save those that you love. Don't don't listen to the enemy and he goes, well, you can't you can't claim that. Yes, I can. And watch me do it because I've already claimed it and I'll claim it again. Like Jesus says, Father, glorify thy name. And the father answered some said it sounded like thunder. But Jesus heard his father say, I have glorified it and I will glorify it again. And he will glorify it again and again and again. World without end because he's a ceaseless God. He will glorify it again over that person you're praying for. He will glorify it again over your loved ones, over your friends, over your worst enemy. And all those things that you're trying so hard to do, we tried it so hard to do. I'll do it this way. I'll stand up. I'll sit down. I'll walk over here. I'll pray this way. I'll pray that way. Stop doing that. It is the spirit of the Lord. Sometimes it does feel good to get up. If you're in that warring and you want to get up and move around, do it. But I'm encouraging you today. Timothy says, but watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of your ministry. We're all, we're all missionaries. Missionaries go to the worst places of the world. They eat the worst food. They sleep in the worst places. They see the worst things. They're even treated really bad. But you know, all that pressure pushes them into Christ. You know why? Because they're filled with the love of God. And like Amy Carmichael says, missionary, the missionary life is only a chance to die. Don't be afraid to die. God means us to die so that he could live in us. And he will save your children. He will save your friends because he's mighty to save. And I don't say that lightly. Praise the Lord. Don't give up. Keep going. And you will see the end of the Lord. 
that he is very generous, very pitiful, and of tender mercy. Amen. Praise the Lord. Go with the Lord.